Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday morning to you all out there. It's the last day of February. It's the leap year, baby, February 29th, 2024. And that's that weird day. It's a weird day. You're born on this day. You get a birthday every four years or something like that. I don't know how it works. All right. But either way, we got a lot of get a lot of content to get into today. Uh, and first, we'll have a new podcast coming up from former Bachelor Matt James. He's got his teaser. It sounds like a winner, but I always have my critique, so I'll discuss that. Plus, last night was the start of season 46 of Survivor. I'm very busy right now. I've got Bachelor. I've got Survivor. I started dabbling in Farmer Wants a Wife. Why? I don't know. What else are we watching? There's just a lot. Vanderpump. There's a lot. going. Love is Blind. There's a lot going on. A new want to add podcasting into the mix good golly we're busy either way i've always enjoyed matt james specifically because he's got enough intellect to not dabble too closely to the bachelor ecosystem of course didn't necessarily end well for him although he is still with his final uh recipient of the rose rachel kirkconnell good friend of the program love rachel but of course their season was a dumpster fire nonetheless but you know matt he's a very smart guy with his entrepreneurial entrepreneurial uh, sort of a business mind there being it making money on content creating uh, he was big on tiktok during the pandemic before he even went on the bachelor bachelorette of course he was supposed to be on claire crowley season that never went through they fast-tracked him to the bachelor and either way uh, he's dabbled in some crypto so he knows a lot about all of the get uh, rich quick schemes out there and his podcast seems like it'll dabble in finance let's have a listen to his pitch what's going on y'all matt james here you probably recognize me from my days of passing out roses but today we're going to be getting up close and personal diving into the financial stories of some of the most innovative and successful young risers out there i never did it for the money and here's the proof man i learned a lot of really hard lessons they knew i was a millionaire before i knew i was a millionaire but i was like i'm gonna be famous just so you guys know they're like shut up three million views Bucks, baby. <laughs> yeah, like it was insane. Now looking back, like I realize the answer is like it's called a riser diary. Talking about major moves, we're making them. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. So it's called Riser Riser Diaries, presented by Intuit TurboTax, produced by Frequency Media. Wherever you listen to podcasts, I got to tell you, I hate corporate sponsored stuff and it just it may i don't know but either way we'll have to see how much um TurboTax actually i don't know mingles in this world of content creating i'm old school i know i'm gonna sound like a old school boomer here but uh i you know i believe that podcasting exists because we want independent voices we want to be able to swear if we want or be irreverent or have our niche or talk about bigfoot or aliens or whatever the hell we want to talk about and maybe he'll do just 
just that. But boy, corporations, they just want to nestle their money in between. And don't get me wrong, I'll take their money too. Uh, but like, you know, you throw in an ad here and there. It's another one, the whole thing's sponsored by TurboTax. But I'm guessing he's getting paid. So do what you got to do, boo. I'm not going to argue that. Uh, and of course, a financial-based podcast, I think it's very interesting. When you talk about finance, when you talk about like get rich quick, not that there's like anything wrong with making money quickly, but of course, there's something about, it's almost like Shark Tank. We watch these shows and a, a, like dopamine goes off in our brain because we hear about people that made three million bucks real quick and it feels inspiring in some ways. Inspiration is really just your body releasing that dopamine because it's like, wouldn't it be nice to make a lot of money? I used to do this with YouTube videos. I would watch uh, content creators and see how much money they were making and it would inspire me just to know that you could actually find wealth out there. You know, I've always said... Uh, in today's world, uh, there's a greater wealth disparity now than there was during the Gilded Era. Gilded Era, and you know, in the Gilded Era, that's when you had the Van, uh, what is, uh, the Vanderbilts. I was going to say the Vanderpumps. <laughs> you know, they had Tom Sandoval in the, in the Gilded Era. You know, it was uh, he was a gold digger. No, uh, you had the you had the Vander uh, Vanderbilts. You had um, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> JP Morgan and all of the Rockefellers, right? And if you weren't a billionaire, you were just a ditch digger. You were you were going out west to try to mine for gold because that's what you needed. You needed to win the lottery to make it back in the day. Well, Today, times are no different. You know, the middle class is pretty much gone, right? You're either making a lot of money working for yourself or you're working for somebody else's dreams. I hate to be cynical, but that's how it works, especially with, um, you know, uh, AI technology coming out there. I'd be very scared if I was somebody... You know, Vice News was this big company, and they just basically went away. BuzzFeed, remember that? Everyone wanted to work for BuzzFeed. I remember... Back to a time, not too long ago, a couple years ago, when I wanted BuzzFeed, I was like pitching them to do a show with me. And like, they were like, ah, we don't really think people are going to be into it. And, and you just see it. You have to like live up to these gatekeepers. And what I love about YouTube and other, you know, podcasting and other forms of content creation is you essentially go straight to the consumer. And if you have good stuff and that's worth sharing, you'll get paid for it. That's the world we live in. I mean, you hear about like, a, you know, guys that are an author and like, no one bought my book. And then I started talking about it on TikTok and then it went viral. Like the people will speak. They will rise you to the top if you have a product worth selling. And I guess the question out there is, well, what's the product worth selling? It's not always something tangible or a PDF or a video. It could be an idea or just general humor or companionship. I'll tell you who shared companionship for a long time and just passed away. It's Richard Lewis. Died yesterday. R.I.P. to Richard Lewis. You might not know who he is by face, but you definitely know his name. A beloved comic from Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was 76 years old. When he passed away, he was, you know, obviously known in the entertainment world way before Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, he came up with, uh, um, you know, the creator of Seinfeld, Larry David, and of course, on all of the old, uh, you know, uh, after, you know, evening comedy shows. So here's actually what he had to say on Howard Stern about what it was like coming up with Larry David. Rest in peace. Richard Lewis. Larry David is a genius. He is a genius. He just won a lifetime. Yeah, he is a genius. He really was the brains behind Seinfeld, right? Fucking A. Yeah. By the way, Larry David's been a friend of yours for over, what did I, 50 years. I met him when I was 12. 
You were at summer camp with Larry David. Hated him. Never saw him again until I became a comic, became best friends. I, I was probably starting, I was probably a drunk already. Right. I stared at him. I went, there's something about you that's spooking the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> and he, he got scared because he wasn't a drinker. He wasn't right. a druggie at all. Why did you hate him at 12? Because he was a fucking ed- prick. <laughs> he was a prick. Yeah, so was I. Why was he a prick? By the way, I would watch this TV show, Larry David and Richard Lewis, 12 years old at, I'm assuming, Jewish summer camp. Yeah, sign me up. I'll watch that. What did he do to you? He was a a gangly, obnoxious fucking asshole like I was. (laughs) He used to punch me. I punched him. I used to beat him. We had fistfights. But when I became a comic, he loved my work, and I loved his work. And then one day I got drunk at 2 in the morning here in New York. Right. And I and something about him scared the shit out of me, and, and we retraced our childhood. I went, I went to this fucking camp when I was twelve. I said, I went to camp. Which camp was that? Camp All America. I went. I went to camp. You're that fucking asshole. <laughs> and we came to blows at the bar. You be, you beat him up. Well, we we grabbed each other by our right. sweaters. So listen to this about four months <laughs> they ago. They grabbed but, each other by their sweaters. <laughs> that seems like the least harmful fight ever. Well, we grabbed each other. We ru- we wrung out each other's turtlenecks. I, I rarely see him. Right. The guy loves me. I got his back. He's got mine. But sometimes you just you you you, you know you just you're doing your own thing. You do your own thing. I don't right. give a shit. Right. I love the guy though. So he goes. To, he says, "Meet me at this restaurant in Beverly Hills." It was a real posh place. That's all right. I've been there. You know, I didn't give a shit. But he, I don't like him paying all the time. Right. So I, I mean, I got bread, but he's loaded, obviously. Right. right. So I got of there a half hour early. Right. I knew the guy, Major J. Said, "Listen, bring me the check." And they get nervous. Oh, Mr. David. No, no. Fuck, Mr. David. I'm paying for the dinner. Right. He comes a half hour late. The maitre d' comes over, and, and I start. I look at the menu, and Larry says, "Don't don't embarrass me." I said, what do you mean embarrass you? He says, "He brings us the food that he wants us to eat." So what is this fucking? What am I, Papillon? Yeah. I'll order what the fuck I want. He doesn't believe in ordering. No, he says because they know they let him let the chef bring us food. Wow. I mean, this is so unlike him because he's a real down to earth guy. Right. The guy brings th- about twenty five fucking entrees. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in for like a thousand dollars already. Right. The phone rings in twenty seconds. He's a half hour late. The phone rings in twenty seconds. Right. It's Steve Martin. I'm sorry for name dropping. All right. And Steve here's Martin, what, the here's famous what Larry comedian. says. See what's wrong? Holy shit! I forgot. He closes his cell phone. He says, "I have a poker game. It's I, I forgot." And he left. And he and left you, you sitting were there. Stuck with the stuck with thirty dishes and a thousand dollar bill. There it is, folks. Richard Lewis, rest in peace. We love these stories. I don't know about you guys. I could listen to old comedians talk about their stories all the time. I don't know. Maybe it's boring to you. Maybe you're offended by the speech. But if you ask me, that's just uh, you know, it's it's good to hear people at least share their authenticity. And speaking of authenticity, we got Ozzy Osbourne coming out, and he's putting his foot down on Kanye West. We'll have this story up next. All right, here's the deal. I'm going to save my Survivor recap talk for the end of the podcast, just in case you didn't want any spoilers on how episode one went. But I got to tell you, we got to witness the worst Survivor cast member ever. The absolute worst. I'll be covering that in a second. But Ozzy Osbourne is in Rolling Stone. He says he regrets nothing about standing up to Kanye West. 
He said, it's wrong if you don't say anything about him, Osborne tells Rolling Stones. He felt like he had to make a stand earlier this month when Kanye West asked to sample Iron Man for a song on the rapper's new album. Well, nobody else would effing do it, did they? He tells Rolling Stone. And then ahead of that, he actually claims that, um, you know, why would he support Kanye West? He's uh, anti-Semitic. So either way, it's good to see people like putting their foot down. I guess Kanye West tried to sample the song anyway, and then he exposed him. But um, regardless of what you think about Kanye West, I, I just like when rockers can't be swayed by money. He's like, no, you can't have my song. I don't want your money. It's not going to happen. And anyway, Ozzy Osbourne, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I only know him because of the Osbourne, whatever the hell the reality show was. Did I ever tell you this story? I was out, I was out at a dinner party in Los Angeles. Probably, probably had to be five, six years ago. And I meet this guy. And he introduced himself as Jack. And I was like, you know, I'm talking to him. My wife had no idea who he was. And then he walked away. After like half an hour talking to this guy, I go, that's Jack Osborne. She goes, what? I was like, yeah, that's Jack Osborne. Yeah, nice guy anyway. Um, all right, let's move it on. Here's some tips for you. I found this. I always like to share tips. Information is always good to share. Uh, this is from the marriage Instagram account, 247 Marriage. Building closeness is more than holding hands, kisses, and a night of passion. Staying connected during the week builds closeness, understanding, and intimacy. So here are four tips on how you can, I guess, become more intimate in your relationships. And I guess this is a challenge for those that are listening. Are you doing these four things? I got to tell you, a lot of times one person in the relationship will, I don't know, be the more extroverted one and be the one who plans all the all the date night things. And, and, and there's always someone that's got their foot on the pedal. Well, if your partner's got the foot on the pedal, maybe you try to for a chance and let them, I don't know, coast a little bit for the week. Number one, how could I have better? So there's four different things that you can say here, uh, four things to talk about with your spouse every week. You know, talking is, uh, you know, communicating, of course, is the most healthy thing for a relationship. Number one, what does your week look like and how can I help or support you? That's good. You know, take role with each other. How are you doing? You might have a crazy Monday. Just cook dinner on Monday. I'm going to have a crazy day. I got bachelor. You make me a charcuterie board, you know, whatever. Number two, what's on the calendar I should know about? Number three, what day and time will we have our date night? Whose turn is it to plan? And number four, how can could I have better supported you this week? I love it. And I know it sounds a little corporate, like you're teaching, you know, uh, like you're like you're making your relationship kind of run like a business. But there's a reason why businesses are run smoothly, at least the successful ones, because there's a chain of command. There's talking. And when you're in a relationship where you're not talking, you're building bitterness. Very rare that people aren't talking are happy, right? So, you know, it's just good. You know, sometimes my, if my wife's mad about something, I'll be like, you know, I'll be like, I know you're upset, but can you just tell me why? Because I'd like to know. Well, you should know. Well, please just tell me. Help me get to the conclusion faster so we can fix it. It's important in my eyes in a relationship. And this doesn't just mean partner. It could be with your mom or your sister or whatever. But it's important to me that we separate sort of the body the human ego-like reactions from our soul. We have kind souls. We mean well. But also our bodies have limbic systems, which is what controls the fight or flight mechanism. So we might be triggered by past relationships or our inner child is triggered by the way we were grown up. So let's do ourselves a favor and take some tips from the four agreements. One of what, which is just choose not to be offended. 
I grew up offended at a lot of things. I was always offended. It's a very egotistical thing to be offended. Oh, how could they do this to me? Just choose to not be offended by circumstance. Now, it doesn't mean you let your best friend be half an hour late every time you meet with them, you know, share your boundaries and things like that. But if you start to imagine that everyone's trying their best and choose not to be offended, you will, f- you, you will for sure go through life feeling lighter and happier. All right, let's take a hard left turn into more Taylor Swift talk because why the hell not? Record breaker, this is an article in the U.S. Sun, so take it with a a heaping grain of salt. NFL to start talks with Taylor Swift for most lucrative deal ever to play Super Bowl 59 in New Orleans with $1 billion windfall. First of all, I thought the halftime show doesn't even get paid. And if Taylor Swift is already busy selling out the uh, stadiums across the world, it's almost like, how much bigger do you want it? You know, the U.S. Sun revealed how the superstar singer rejected a late push for her to wow the crowds in Vegas earlier this month. I, they were trying to get Taylor. No, here's the thing. If you're Taylor Swift, you can't you can't do anything but go big. The last thing you want is to do a half-assed show. Taylor just wanted to enjoy the game after making a mad dash from Japan where she was on her era's tour to Sin City. But NFL Chiefs are making early arrangements ahead of the 2025 Super Bowl in New Orleans, and the money men are already licking their lips. Two NFL business insiders interviewed by the U.S. Sun believe having the cruel summer star perform at the Caesars Superdome could make it the most watched of all time. Yeah, of course. Of course it'll be the most watched. Uh, the ads could reach a cost of $8.5 million each, an increase of $1 million or more. The, so I don't need, This article stinks. Let's just move it on. It's all hypotheticals. We don't even know what's real and what's not. Uh, but I tell you what, we've got a pretty interesting day ahead for us. I'm getting I'm getting audio clips from what appears to be trolls online that are trying to, I guess, harass and or bully Jane Doe, Clayton Eckert's accuser. I have to remind people nearly on a daily basis, don't do that. I am not, I am not held liable for what other people do. Like that's on you. And yet at the same time, I'm encouraging everybody as this court case keeps developing, let it play out in court. Uh, don't contact them, especially on behalf of me. No one works for me. I have no employees. I just talk through the microphone and you can listen or not. But you for sure will not be getting my permission and you for sure will not be getting my blessing to harass phone call, do any of that stuff to Jane Doe. All right, folks, I hate that I have to say that. But in today's YouTube, we probably will be sharing Megan Fox, uh, who, of course, journalist and power YouTuber, has been fighting the good fight. And she, of course, has also been accused of, I don't know, fueling the flames, which is rubbish. She's not fueling any flames um, to, to some of the harassment going on at Jane Doe. None of us are responsible for that. She's liable uh, for her own consequences of her actions. Again, none of which has to do with us, and we do not want anyone to contact her in any way whatsoever. All right, let's talk Survivor, baby. Did you watch the the season premiere? I think it's season 46 or something at this point. It was a wild one as far as season premieres go. You know, you watch these early episodes. You don't really know who you're rooting for. There's a very nice man from India that I like. He's just very excited to be there. He's smart. He's playing the game. Plenty of people are playing this game. And by the way, if you, if you don't want to know who gets voted off week one, 
I guess you should tune away. I'm going to be talking about it for the next three or four minutes. But I have to tell you, how bad is this guy, Jelensky? I, I almost hate to say it. How delusional the audacity of this man to be so confident. He He pretty much played every move wrong you could play in Survivor. And I'm not one of those hardos that's like, I could do it better. Although you got to assume you could do it better than that. It's extremely hard to get voted out in what I would say is at least the first five or six episodes when you're anyone who remotely looks like a physical player because you need physical players to win the immunity idols or whatever, you know, all the challenges and all that stuff, right? Well, He's terrible. He quits on the first challenge. These sweat challenge challenges are actually, I don't want to say they're easy, but they're they're pretty, it's pretty standard that people that do them win. It's a very high success of winning the challenge. You know, they got to go and fill up a, a bucket of leaking water. They have X amount of hours. Well, he takes the uh, sand glass timer and just chucks it and breaks it and he quits. And then from there, that was his first red flag. Then he goes to some, you know, um, you know, one of those uh, inter inter group challenges, and all he had to do was lie to these other two people, but he couldn't lie, so he lost his vote. It was very bizarre. He played a terrible game, and his cast members, you know, they they decided to save the weaker players physically because they didn't want to deal with him anymore, and he got blindsided and was voted off week one. And that's what sucks about. Survivor. If you don't make it to the merge, if you don't make it at least halfway through the show, no one's remembering you. You know what I mean? So it's always interesting to see these shows. You could probably, you know, you take what, 16 or 18 cast members that start the show. If you ran a simulation a thousand times, you would probably get a different winner every time. I mean, you know, but it's, it's, it's just, there's, there's so much up to fate about who wins that while some of it of course is strategy when i watch this i go it's just a crap shoot it's an absolute crap shoot i think i could i think i could guarantee i would make it five six seven episodes i think i probably wouldn't make it much farther because i i don't i don't know if it's my braggadocious nature but i think i would have a hard time keeping my head down and blending in i don't know i would probably be i'd probably be so bored that I would be so social because I don't want to talk to people and that would probably be a threat, you know, because I'd probably talk my way right off that show. Um, but either way, I, I, should I should I submit to be on it? I don't know. Maybe I could I could use uh, 20 days without eating donuts. That would be the nicest part. Isn't that the nicest part of Survivor? They always get a nice tan and they lose 10 pounds. I, and, you know, it's never like life altering weight. It's just like, all right, lose a couple pounds. Survivor makes you look good, and then you get home, and you probably carbo-load on bagels for two months, and then you probably gain 30 pounds. That's how life works. All right, last story of the morning. And like I said, I've got a driving with Dave later. I've got some business phone calls, a big podcast I'm doing tomorrow. So keep a touch if you're on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal, and I'll let you know what time I'm live streaming. It'll probably be around 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. All right, let's get to our last story of the day. Billionaire boss of South Korean construction giant is encouraging his workers to have children with a $75,000 bonus. All right, read no more. Hey, not too bad. That'd be a good morale at that company. You're getting paid to essentially procreate. Uh, I mean, I wonder what the sort of uh, maternity leave must be. It looks like uh, maybe the company, I uh, look, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I can't even think of a reason why the company would benefit from being paid to have children, but having a child on the way, I'll have to check and see if we have any uh, people
people watching us from this company in South Korea. Maybe you could just slide me $75,000. I won't stop you. All right, we got a lot to get into today. I'm going to be covering it all for you, and we'll wrap it up this afternoon with the another episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. But I want to thank everybody for all your loyal listens yesterday. You guys, you guys know the YouTube video that we released was a number one video. It's still climbing in the charts, that being the wild extortion that took place. I'm sure to have more updates for you guys later on today. When those come in, I will share them first with you. As always, I'm Dave Neal. Have an excellent one, folks. We'll see you later. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. Come <laughs> on.